Yes, it's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It is the sound of the Mighty Giants, and what a way they performed on the weekend. There was two big upsets over the week, and you are joined by uh, Hayden and Martin on the podcast this week. Unfortunately, we're without uh, Tony this week, as he one has... One short. Yes, one amigo short, as he has um, prior plans, uh, but... The show still goes on, mate. Um, I'm here with Martin, obviously, and yeah, what a week. Good to be back. Yeah. And on the agenda this week, we've got our dickheads of so the week. Much to talk about. Yeah, so, a, lot, so lot, a lot to talk about, you know, the racial stuff, the, the, the tribunal stuff, the, uh, you know, like the big deals that's happened at the moment, what's happened a little bit in the uh, Olympics, obviously, we'll probably touch on a little bit, um, and then... We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into our our contenders and our pretenders at this point of the uh, pointy end of the season. And only two rounds left, mate. Yeah, really exciting that's it. time, isn't it? It's where, yeah, that's where it. the big boys come to play. So exactly. everyone's going in good form, and there's been, like you mentioned, a couple of big upsets. Well, that's so, it. Well, we might as, we, we might as well discuss your big boys straight up then, because uh, that was obviously an unfortunate loss to you guys. Um, what happened? Definitely an unfortunate loss, you can call it. I don't know. Is it just human nature or whatnot where, I don't know, you can make an argument that it was just cockiness by um, by Chris Scott, or you can even make the argument going, he's timing it to perfection, going, hey, it doesn't matter if we lose this week, which we did in the end, mm-hmm. but going, we still pretty much have a top, a home final sewn up. Like, even if realistically we lose the next two games even, even though we're not going to, but in theory, if we did, um, we're still most likely going to finish top four and we're going to play either Melbourne or Bulldogs, who are going to finish top two. So, in that aspect, so, you know, you don't want, almost to some extent, what exactly what happened. It's like you almost planned for the best to avoid injuries, your rest plays, and then all of a sudden you got this round of carnage. But then, at the end of the day, to sum it up, it's as simple as the Giants wanted it more. They came in, they were undermanned, heavily undermanned, especially with um, Kelly, Josh Kelly being named as a laid out, who's just signed that big deal you mentioned earlier, which we'll get to later. But, um... Yeah, even pre-game, you, everyone kind of, I don't know, you get sucked in, you drink your own bathwater, you lay in there, and um, even Jason Dunstall was saying pre-game, going, I can't even make an argument for the Giants to win tonight. Like, that's how good a form yeah. he thought the Cats were going on, um, playing at GMHBA Stadium, where I don't think the Giants have ever won there. Maybe they have before this weekend, but... Either way. It seems like a bit of a commentator's curse, too. There's always, like, that commentator yeah. that will say something like that or, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Tom Hawkins never misses these goals. This is a 100% certainty. <laughs> and then, like, they just shank it off the boot or something like that. That's like, it. it's always a commentator's curse That's uh, true. when you hear that That's type of true. stuff. So, it was, a, it was, I wouldn't say it was the best game I've ever seen, but it was just where um, the Giants definitely wanted it more. Danger obviously got injured early and it just kind of threw everything out. So, for him to get injured so early by... Toby Green, which we will definitely get to later on when we talk about all the tribunal cases because lots to discuss there. But end of the day, Danger got subbed out of the game early. It kind of threw us off. And um, they got the jump on us. They got a few goals. And then from there, we were just chasing our tails for the whole game. And at what was it at quarter time? If I double check here, it was one goal, three to four goals, three. So they took more of their chances. And, um, And from there, we were just chasing our tails for the whole game. And even though we kind of gave it somewhat, uh, yeah, you'd say somewhat. We gave it a bit of a red hot go in the last quarter, and we thought, oh, maybe we're mounting a charge here. But when you kick eight goals and 17 behinds, you know, a lot of missed mm. opportunities, a lot of rushed, a lot of um, 
unlucky, you could say, bounces of the ball and uh, just went from there. And then you throw on Rowan, um, got injured with his leg and, and Tui with a hammy. Um, I don't think we'll see Tui until the finals now, um, if that. So, yeah, just an all-around really dirty night for the Cats. And all credit to uh, GWS and Cameron and the whole and the whole GWS club there. They just wanted it more. They came in with a plan. They executed it. And uh, a few of their stars were on fire, like Green, um, like Taylor. Sam Taylor definitely gets a lot of credit. Um, Cummings had his career-high disposals ever. Whitfield turned it on as well. And Taranto finally um, hit some really, really good form after being back in the midfield, which I'm sure with a couple of their players missing um, was a really big, yeah, really big lifter for them. That's it. And off, off the back of it, you know, now you've got Josh Kelly signing a, the biggest probably deal we've seen uh, of recent times. I can't Since remember. Buddy. Yeah, I, can't, I, can't, yeah, I was going to say, other than Buddy's nine-year contract. Uh, yeah. And we kind of thought, like, the contracts of, like, big contracts were kind of dying down. Like, you know, you see the Bond sign on for two or three years. You see... Um, we saw Grundy. Grundy's was long. Wasn't he? like, six, five or six yeah, years. Yeah, but, but, but this year was the year where, like, everyone started, like, dropping... Because of the cap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, everyone started, like, dropping off. The only other big sign, obviously, was Petrarca with seven. Um, oh, but, yeah. But you could see, like, a lot of, like... People like uh, a lot of like the players now are starting to like really take in. Mm, maybe we won't we won't sign long term because you never know in three years where you want to be. You know, and well, like I don't know, but the thing is like the certainty for players. Like, cause who knows? Like Petrarca could do two ACLs in the next two years. You know, yeah, exactly. become a Doherty or something. You just don't know. So when you have such a limited time of playing in your career as an AFL elite player and athlete, I think those deals are too good to turn down. Yeah. It's just and, so insane, and, and, and obviously, uh, Kelly's will take him till the age of 34. So, which is when you kind of want to, you know, that's kind of going past like an all time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's like not your average year where people retire. Oh. And I like a lot of people leave at like 31, 32, 33. Honest, so with his, with his injury record as well, like when's, yeah. when's he played a full season, you know, like I think he's only played two. To off the top of my head, this is. I think he's only played two full seasons. Like, he yeah. always is missing. He's missed the times this year um, before the weekend. And um, so, for him to get that kind of offer, I even saw, uh, very interestingly, um, Lincoln McCartney talking about it. Or, no, Jason. Sorry, Jason McCartney, um, who's, I think, the football manager there at GWS. And they, uh, the journalist put to him, oh, is eight years too long? Like, how does the, would, if the club, you know, would they prefer if it was like a five or a six year deal, you know, instead of eight? And he actually just answered with a straight bat in terms of um, saying that, no, it actually really gives them a lot of stability to know that like he's the type of player you can build your whole club around and to have yeah. that certainty, although it's a long-term contract, a lot of money, but then you really know like because of the certainty, you can go, okay, this is what we can and we can't offer. And they can just, you know, it's a line in the sand. They can yep. build around that. And because they are GWS, so obviously Gold Coast, GWS, and Sydney are those kind of clubs that have to pay overs because so many players come from Victoria and from Melbourne and they inevitably want to return home. So I think he pretty much alluded to they have to pay overs without saying paying overs uh, to go from there. And now you look at it, um, they've got long-term commitments from Caniglio, he's still 2026, Lockie Whitfield's still 2027, and Toby Green's still 2026, so you can build around that for the yeah, next kind and, of six years, and, even and, if they don't. 
and that is Thank like you. their core like let's be honest that's like their core that's like sure. what they really wanted to absolutely lock in like as a lock you know like obviously josh kelly what was it two or three years ago when he was under contract talks of possibly moving and being yeah, offered like million dollar deals blah North blah Melbourne. blah yeah. yeah sorry that was 2017 yeah so um, you know, and then he's been locked in for like the last four years. So, and that's uh, good on him for uh, locking an eight-year deal away. And like, like you said, or Get like paid. we both said, you know, thirty-four yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be getting some good coin at that at that time. And I guess it is kind of similar to Buddy Franklin. You know, in the sense of, exactly. you know, he's been so injury-prone of the last four or five years, anyways. Um, obviously, more frequent, like more recent times, more more so than le- um back then, but. You know, um, but now he's still getting the good coin for what he's doing. You know what I mean? That's it. On a side note, since you've kind of mentioned him there as well, I saw a rumor float round in the papers that they're looking at extending Buddy already, and he still has a year left next year on his contract. So, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, in terms of, do you think, like, considering how much he's missed of footy, do you think it's a bit um, premature to kind of start talking about the re-signing yet? Because oh, oh. it's not like he's going to go anywhere. Like, he's not yeah, going to go course. play anywhere else for another club. Yeah. yeah um, do you have any thoughts on that? Just question without notice. <laughs> well, he's still contracted till next year. Yes. Yeah. So would, yeah. My 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 theory is you you'd hopefully like kind of do the re-signing mid year next year or something. You know, I mean, like, exactly. Like, like kind of like you know, like even like uh, I mean, I can only think of Richmond players, obviously, but like you know, a Bash Hooley who gets a one year extension or a Jack Rebel yeah. who gets a one like well, it can't um, be longer than that, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. But, and, he's, but, and his body because he might want to play, but yeah, his body might. But they kind of they they kind of make the decisions during the year, you know, rather than yeah a year out from that. Like you know, who knows That's what true. body's going to be like in eight months time you know like and obviously they're going to be playing a finals campaign now so and depending how deep they go you, ne- you never know what could possibly happen or how he pulls up or if he's let's say they make a grand final tilt and win it like would he really want to kind of like end his career well, on yeah. that you know what i mean like that's her yeah, like, like, really like i mean i mean like that's a really no better way to go out yeah exactly like i mean like i know it's obviously the, the dream for, finish for him and like uh, the likelihood of it probably isn't as high but I mean, I'd I'd personally just wait it out, even into the next season, and maybe up to leading up to the buy. That's when you kind of like look into it again. That's when yeah. that's when I notice a lot of the <laughs> the elderly people, like the elderly people, the elderly <laughs> the elderly um, footballers or the veterans of football. Let's be honest. Um, that's when they're doing like a lot of their signings just around the buy rounds. So I think that's probably like the best time to kind of wait for it. But yeah. And while we while we're still talking we're upsets, to... we might as well get on to the other one. The other upset That's was it. was obviously the upset between the dogs and who are they the bombers. That's right. Bombers, mate. Come sorry, on. Sorry, I was just refreshing <laughs> it, my page. Isn't it weird the top two teams on the ladder lose like when everyone's been talking them up, and there's been all yeah. this like speculation over oh the D's they've been in terrible form, blah blah blah. Then all of a sudden, you know, the tables turn so quickly, don't they? Like a week oh, really God. is the cliche, a long time in footy. Yeah. Well, you'd be happy for your boys also in a sense that at least the dogs oh, lost, sure. you know what I mean? Um, we haven't gotten behind in any way, like because exactly. we we play Melbourne in the last round. So yeah. as a, like in terms of it's not like we really want the top spot even. Like yeah. you want it like from experience, yeah, no mate, you you want you, anyway. you want to be in third, mate. You want to be in third. It, it's it's just That's the way it, it is, mate. It's, it's been the premiership for the last couple of years there. That spot. Yeah, but well, we we play um like I mentioned, we play the D's in the last round. So we we're, we're two points behind because of their draw. 
So realistically, we can easily overtake them, guaranteeing a top two finish if we beat St. Kilda this week, which isn't an absolute certainty, but I expect a response from the boys and a lot of players to come in after that. It's kind of a good wake-up call, if anything. You can argue that you want a loss now where you can get a couple more wins and then hit finals. That's Um, it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so obviously Essendon played great. Um, Got win by 13 against... um, the dogs at Marvel Stadium. I know it's both their home ground stadium, but um, obviously the dogs. More the dogs, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. like if you ask any bombers, well, I've spoken with Lachlan about it in the past, and the G's still where they want to be. Exactly. Like, although they play a lot of home games at Marvel, um, yeah, they they spiritually, like yeah, exactly. in terms of compared to the G, they prefer the G. So Yeah, exactly. But um, obviously... What a great game played by him, in a sense. Um, and then Peter Wright, seven goals. Just a, just a, la- Peter, just a lazy seven. Breakout game. And did you see, it was quite funny that supposedly he was texting uh, Heppel because I think he's injured at the moment. Yep. And pre-game or whatever, they're joking around or whatever. But I think he promised him five goals. So he gave yep. him an extra two. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> wow. seven. And it wasn't just the seven. It was the way he kicked some of those goals. So I didn't see the whole game, but I remember tuning in late. And for him just to drill those goals from outside 50, making the purest connection that you can on a ball, like, it was just Beautiful. incredible. It reminded me of Tom Hawkins kicking from outside 50, like... You feel they, the, you, you, can, you, you oh, hear the thump of the ball, you know what I mean? Like, that leather, yeah, you, the leather you, on the you, boot. You can... Uh, no crowd as well. You can definitely Yeah, I can always picture bloody Hawkins kick and you just you hear the ball deflate as it hits his foot like it's just it, it's <laughs> just much. it's just a big a power in that lake yeah yeah, yeah exactly no nah, yeah it was, it was it was unbelievable by him and they played such a game there's actually a fair bit to unpack in this game obviously like yeah um we will touch on the tribunal stuff obviously because you got the redmond and then you've got the um green in these two upset yes. games um but yeah the other thing that we've got to unpack is Oh, I've written it down here. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to think. Josh Bruce ACL injury. Yes, uh, that is huge on their season, though. To be honest, you couldn't pick a worse time to do your ACL. Oh, yeah. You're right at the end of the season. So yeah. 12 months recovery. He's not going to come not- back. Like, you think, even though, like, not a real preseason, like, coming off rehab and then just to, what, jump in at round 21, like, yeah, next exactly. year. Like, it's really unrealistic to some extent. And you don't know how the team's going and this. And I think he really is that important to the club. Like he's, I think he's third in the Coleman race, something like that. Like he's right up there. So even though Norton is more um, central um, to their forward line structure, it's huge. Like, and I don't think Dougal Hagen or um, Shaki are up to to fit that bill just yet. Like Shaki has got, I'm not Shaki, sorry, Dougal Hagen's got a lot of potential behind him, but I don't think he's ready to actually step up and play that full-time second key role. I think I heard yeah. in the media that they reckon um, you've got to push, put Tim English forward and you've got to bring in, um, I can't remember the guy's name, now, the other backup. Sorry? Luke Sweep, I think it is. Yeah, Luke Sweet. Sweet, yeah. Sweet, yeah. Sweet, yeah. Sweet, Sweet. I always get it wrong. Hey, what's happened to um, Stefan Martin? Is he injured or have they just written him off or what? What's happened there? Because they brought him into the club specifically to, to kind of that, like give him for a long time. Yeah, no, I'm not too. I'm not too sure to be honest. I think um, just all in all, obviously with Martin's age, I think um, Sweet's just a bit kind of that little bit younger, and I think competition under two weeks. Uh, oh, under two weeks. Today, okay, so that's why yeah. I was gonna say like competition for spots, but yeah. um, yeah. Anyways, but the other thing <laughs> I want to like unpack about the uh, ACL injury is just 
how good of a season Bruce has kind of had for the dogs in a sense of like this yeah. is probably like I mean like he did have a really good year one year at the Saints, but I would, I would probably rate this as his best year. In a sense, yeah. obviously he had that bag of oh, sure. that big bag against um North, obviously being like you know the bottom team, but like I mean he unleashed that game and he's always been like a two to three goal kicker throughout the whole season. So he is very crucial to their goal scoring um, in a sense. And then the other thing is, is like it leaves such a big hole now, you know what I mean? Like um, yeah. coming into a final series, you don't get time to really, you know, test the waters with a lot of these, like you said, um, with Shaki and um, Google. Uh, Ugo Hagen, my yeah, bad. Um, so, so yeah, so like you know, like and like Ugo Hagen, obviously they're doing that whole you know your first your first year first draft like first pick draft pick. Yeah, let's kind of like you know, kind of put you on ice a little bit, like make you earn your spot in a sense, which I like by Bevo to be honest. Him. Yeah, Those exactly. Protect him to some extent. Exactly. Yeah. All the expectation, the weight in the world's always on their shoulders, and exactly. it's more like a key forward developing, playing you know. At eighteen against boys to suddenly coming against real men. Yeah, exactly. And they're all stick figures, you know. They come. Oh in yeah, and they're, they're just... always like that, aren't they? Just all yeah. tall, Except lanky. Except for Hawkins, he was big when he came in. Yeah. Still, but yeah. <laughs> he only got bigger. <laughs> still, he still got <laughs> bigger. Got massive. Yeah. yeah, he's one big boy. <laughs> but yeah. um, but yeah, like it does leave such a big hole now um to fill that yeah. position. It is a big void to fill, you know. Like and. Uh, they had like their forward issues, obviously over the last couple of years and whatnot. And obviously that Stefan Martin and uh, Luke Sweet coming in like did change the role of English going forward, bagging yeah. a couple. And then obviously you get the flow on effect, like oh now Josh Bruce gets a third defender, you know, like third tall, like and yeah. like and that's when like they kind of like come and play good. Um, sure. it, it, I actually think personally this writes them off. Like in my book, that I don't think they can re- like to win a flag. It's not easy. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Geelong have been floating around that mark for the last bloody 10 years now. That's... And um, you need everything to go right, let alone exactly. lose your leading goal kicker. And, um, yeah, yeah, so late in the season, the scramble to find a replacement. Like, I think in those key, key big games and big moments, I don't think they'll be able to cover that. Well, you look at Eric Hipwood and, and like, the second yeah. he went yeah. out, Brisbane just fell off the face of the earth, you know. And, uh, yeah. obviously, yeah. I think they're starting to slowly jerry and get back into a form now with um yeah. yeah they had a thumping win over Frio but um you know like it say it takes you know the dogs four or five weeks you know like you you kind of already had a, you you you're already yeah. at, you're already at that two weeks into finals and possibly gone you know what I mean so yeah for sure you that's not the time of year you want to be playing and nah. flirting with your form and, and, and you know things. commiserations to Bruce you know like I feel. Terrible for him, like you play yeah. such a good year, and you're clearly in like such a good position to go all the way, um, as a, all the top probably six are. Um, it's just it's pretty sad to see that in a sense of you know like how well he's played this year. Like he actually did deserve his spot in my opinion this year compared to more so last year in my yeah. opinion. Um, but yeah, no, like, but the other thing I wanted to touch on is and like obviously we always like we like to always bring up the great sportsmanship and I just wanted to say that yeah. the Essendon players the um the love that they gave to him and then even Jake Stringer basically a person that's obviously left the dogs and uh yeah yeah exactly and and probably didn't go out the best way possible you know for him to even obviously Josh Bruce wasn't there at the time when he exactly. left so 
to, for him to give the love also like it was, it was just great to see yeah, so yeah, exactly very great yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah that, that's probably my spin on that game but uh, yeah uh, one, one other thing i want to actually bring up from the game then as well um very interesting um i guess discussion that they've kind of had and i heard a couple good examples uh early this week about uh so i haven't told you about this but in terms of the bombers making a case that it's actually better if they miss the finals and make it this year just so they don't get ahead of themselves um oh. is this the first time you've heard of this and what yeah. what's your initial thoughts on it or do you want me to explain or go a bit deeper into it first go deeper so i can kind of like build up an opinion yeah, no worries so um basically they're saying um they actually asked uh the coach and uh, i saw them uh talking and they just said oh do bombers deserve to be in finals and then they made the argument, um, not on air with him, but with the other people. I think it was on um, on Footy Classified last night. And they were just talking about how they don't want to be like a St Kilda, for an example, where, you know, they made the finals once last year. Everyone expected them, therefore, to get way higher up the ladder than what they did. And to some extent, they uh, injury, of course, played a huge part in it. But then you can also argue the frame of mind and just the planning. So the whole club, suddenly they recruit older players in the off-season. They're expecting to be, you know, um, fifth or sixth all of a sudden rather than seventh or eighth. And now, you know, they find themselves out of the eight. And that's what they're just saying. Like, the Bombers still, you you doubt, like, from what we've seen all year, they've been inconsistent. So even if they make the finals, they could win one, but no chance they're going much further than that. And will yeah. they get more learnings and be more hungry by not making it? And therefore, you know, they still I, haven't I, earned I, that. I do like yeah. that. I like that theory because, like, and I'm not saying it as a Richmond fan. Like, I would say Richmond take their spot. Like, Richmond have been in finals the last five years. What, yeah. what, what Like, they don't really win or lose in being in that eighth yeah. position, yeah, you know, yeah. as in Richmond, that is. Yeah. Where Essendon, yeah, I do agree because you do want to keep that hunger. And, and like, as a – so I look at the top eight right now, yeah. I see West Coast uh, – like, this isn't this, this season, mind you. I see West Coast, Brisbane, Port Adelaide, and Dogs, and obviously Melbourne probably back in 2017. But they kind of – you could t- – like, you could feel them creeping up the ladder – year after year yeah. mind you they yeah, all had like a shit they all had a shit year um yeah. probably not like brisbane's probably the one that's definitely been like the noticeable one like every year you just see him edging closer and closer this I is probably been their yeah. w- this is probably being their worst year and they're still you know 13 wins seven losses so like you know yeah. they're doing great but um yeah maybe that's what you kind of want you want to finish like say you finish the ninth then next year you push for like six to fifth you know what i mean and then yeah. say the next year after that, you push, tight, push, you push the four because it is hard to get up there. Um, uh, obviously- I also think you can make the argument the other way going finals experience will never hurt your players yeah. as well. So to get the feeling of a final foot and go, okay, this is where if they lose first round of, you know, the finals, then all of a sudden it's like, this is where you want to get back to. This is what yeah. we're fighting for and to build on it. But that's where, I don't know if the coach or the culture around the club and the board and what's said in the public, it all adds up, you know, yeah, where but- it all comes I mean, to it like you look at carlton and where they've all where they're talking yeah. has been and they've clearly way overestimated where the, they thought the talent of the list and the premiership window where they were and everything and then all of a sudden you know they they spend all this big money on sad and mm. um what's his name from gws um 
So I've gone Williams, blank. Zach Williams. Oh, yeah, Zach Williams, yes. And, um, and they just recruit, you know, these older players. They put all the money into them. Then they've got all these key stars already, but then they've fallen away. And then now they're looking at the coach. Oh, actually, we'll get, we'll get to I that. actually just reminded myself, obviously, Patrick Cripps was the other big deal this year. But anyways, yeah. sorry. Yes, I was just yes, thinking that. Um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, but I mean, the only thing that makes me lean towards the ninth position, and this isn't the bias side of me, this is like the, I guess, like you think of their last two. Their last two, like I, th- I think they finished seven or eight, and that was against when they had the verse North and they lost that game. And then the other one was against Sydney, and they went went up to Sydney and lost that game. Like so, they kind of got that like taste of finals, and then they just fell off the face. Of, like I'm just saying, like history, they kind of yeah. just fell off the face of the earth. So maybe it is kind of good to keep the hunger up by not making it. In a sense of, I'm just going based off their history, not like any other club's yeah. history. But like you know, they did make two elimination finals, you know, and then just did nothing, and then they fell down the ladder. So. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. And, like, they've also got that talent. Like, they've got no one retiring. Uh, yeah. Heppel's probably, like, their oldest player at the moment, to be honest. Um, I can't really think of any others. Can you? Oh, Kale Hooker. Kale Hooker's the other one. That yeah. They're, they're thinking. Heppel. Uh, no. Yeah, Heppel yeah, and Kale Hooker. Hooker. And then probably Hurley. 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 Yeah, I was like, yeah, there's Hurley. another H. Yeah. The triple so, H. So, so, so they're probably the three oldest. So they've got... Good depth in a sense of young talent coming through. So, like missing this finals is only going to make those younger kids go hungry. Like I, I, I see it from that view. Like, imagine being like you know in your twenties or whatnot. Like, I mean, like we're pushing thirties now, or you're thirty now, and <laughs> no, I'm pushing thirties. Um, but you know, being younger, like the drive and the mentality. Like, obviously, it is. You know, you want to be peaking, like you know, in, in a couple of years. Like, you would be so hungry if you miss this year. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. I, so I do see, I do see the point of view, you know, like not making it, like probably more than making it. Yeah. And um, but yeah, that's not my. I I couldn't like in all honesty, I couldn't care if Fremantle when you say rather than Richmond, like the like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just trying to draw the line between biasness here. Like I don't actually care. But so would I, to be honest. I actually wouldn't mind seeing that. But if um, they're not playing at home, they'll get obliterated. Well, why don't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we jump into our contenders and pretenders? And anyways. Sure. Why not? Are, are we why? just gonna? Are we just gonna go over the results over the week, or are we just gonna look at the ladder and kind of just go? Well, let's just talk about them based kind of off the ladder. So I kind of wrote or saw a bit of a snakes and ladder things comparing round twenty to round twenty one. So we might as well start at the top end, um, like mentioned earlier in the show and. From the two games we went through, obviously the top two lost this week and they moved down a spot each. So Doggies went from first to second. Cats went from uh, second to third. And the Ds jumped back up into first. So it's just, um, yeah, do you have, what What are your thoughts about at the moment? Who do you have as the Premiership favourite? And do you have any worries about the other sides? Um, so the top three were probably, obviously, like my, my favourites anyways. Um, yep. I, I had them in the order of, I think I had Melbourne, Geelong, then the Dogs. Okay. Um, I think that's what I said a couple of weeks ago, but that's my mindset right now anyways. Um, I still, like, I think the biggest loss is, like, obviously Hipwood and uh, Bruce. I think that's just completely changed my outlook kind of on those teams. Um, Although we're not talking about Brisbane because you mentioned Hipwood, but... 
yeah yeah no i know i know but um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so at, at the moment I've, I've definitely got those three in contention for it um but so you still have but, melbourne as your favorite i still right got now. melbourne as my favorite okay and geelong's i, I think i think it's going to be between first and third and i don't yeah. know there's something about third position at the moment that i just can't look past it just seems to be the like. premiership side at the moment yeah, but once again, you have, you want to try to emphasize, oh, I'm not being by, not being by. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure West Coast won it from third too. <laughs> Maybe, probably. Well, we all know no one's won it from first for a very long time. Anyway. Yes, yes. But um, yeah, so to throw in, I guess, my kind of two cents there, obviously I am biased. So I still do um, personally have Geelong up and around that kind of uh, favorite or equal favorite, you can argue. Like, I don't think it's anywhere near in the bag or anything. Still, a lot to go right, and it all matters. Like, even if we make the grand final, there's still no guarantee. Let, let, let me, like, kind of not change my answer, but the gap between me saying which one I rate higher is so minimal. Like, I'm not saying yeah. the gap's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely Melbourne and then Geelong. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, well, that's why you kind it, of, it's a hairline kind of three, thing for right? me. Like, yeah. like, I still, there's, like you said, that bully mentality with the dogs, I still feel like that's still kind yeah. of the way it is. Um, yeah. I just don't see, like, I mean, they're great, great side. I'm not knocking them at all. I think they play yeah. really good footy. Um, they've got some good bulls around the ball and whatnot. Field, yeah. I, I, I just, I, th- I see so much more experience in those other two teams in a sense of, that's you true. know, like the elderlies, you know, for Geelong because they're such an old yeah. club, you know, but, 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 but they've got the experience, you know what I mean? And then Melbourne, you know, I see, I see some like just hungry players, like, like, like yeah. it, 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 a whole team. They, it, they, it, I think it, they play the best. System. It honestly I mean, reminds exciting. like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, draw it back to it but they yes, they, 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 do, they do they do remind they do remind me of richmond melbourne ah. they, they, they do they do they, they they really do like the age of of their players is very similar um and just the way they play is exciting like you said it's just yeah. so they're, they're they're my two contenders yeah but yeah i'll let you bang back on about well, let's let's move on to <laughs> well, there's not that much more to say i guess we'll just wait and see how it kind of plays out but um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, the doggies, I kind of, I put a very, I'll say I'll pencil through them so you can still rub it out because it's just pencil, it's not pen, you know? So <laughs> yeah, well, now we, I've just I, put a, I'm happy to be wrong life. too, because like, I do That's like it. the dogs. Mate, the, we're, we're in the opinion business. It's not like we get paid anything to do this apart from our exactly. enjoyment of the game and exactly. good chance to take an hour or so, or so aside a week and just talk a bit of shit about footy. So, um... Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see where they all play out, and who knows, we can all definitely be wrong. So, moving on to, we'll we'll talk very lightly about the next kind of three teams: Port, Brisbane, Sydney. Um, that fourth, fifth, and sixth. So Port were the only ones to remain in the same spot, but they just by the skin of their teeth, barely beating a underman Adelaide, which which has had a very you know uh, contentious and uh, off off field week. Um, and then obviously you've got. Brisbane finally get finding some form, and then the other team that was in outstanding form, Sydney, have dropped it and lost their chance really to jump into that top four. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's too much more to add onto that. Um, I just basically want to say, so I still think Brisbane are big contenders. Um, yep. I still think they're they're a great side and whatnot. Like, I mean, even though what you said the, with Hipwood, I think it leaves a big hole, <laughs> but it's just. They they've got that hunger still like they're like they they to me they're the dark horse of that 
you know, um, yeah. of, of uh, even the top eight, if you want to just put it like broadly, I think they're the dark horse. They're the team that you just should not write off. They're, you never know. You never know. You know, like yeah. um, never say never. I've been there a couple times now, right? To Port, the finals. Port Adelaide. I just, I just, I write off. Like I, I, I still just don't. Don't rate them, right? Just, I don't know they don't what have it is. A big scalp. They don't have a big scalp. Exactly, like, and, and and they don't have a big scalp. They haven't really beaten those around them. That they've never looked uh, that good. Exactly. Like I don't think they've ever hit full they flight, hit. and not all their players have turned it on. At the their, same their, time. their first three rounds of the year were the best three rounds, I think, um, from memory. And then since I can't then, even just... remember them. That's how long in the season we are. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and Richmond was one of those. And but like obviously, like a lot of people are thinking, oh well, it's Richmond. You know, like after a grand final, they're probably thinking. Um, that's a big scalp to beat them by two points yeah. or whatnot at the stage. But now I look at Richmond and I go, well, it's not that big of a scalp exactly. now. You know what I mean? And you look, look at it off a short preseason, a COVID interrupted preseason, like a lot, the season finished so late last year, all of those sides that made it deep kind of started really slow. So mm. the Cats included, we lost to Adelaide round one. Unless it, it's pretty natural. Unless Ken Hinckley's just like, you know, pulling the whole competition and they just play this whole different brand come finals. Uh, I just, I've got a line for them. Um, Brisbane's oh. the dark horse and then yeah. Sydney's the team that I just think are exciting. You know, I, I think... They're your wild card? Yeah, they're... Uh, they're yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've got... Let's, let's, let's say the Lions are the dark horse and Sydney are the wild card with just unpredictability, like, for this final yeah. series where I think... The dark horse of um, Brisbane is kind of like, oh, that's a team that could go, but um, yeah, Sydney. Uh, I like. I'm trying to draw a difference between the two words, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like I'm like I know like they probably seem similar, but I yeah. I think like Brisbane's the one that where you go, oh well, I can kind of see him doing it. Where Sydney's the one where I go, well, who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they've uh, got X Factor, you know, yeah. Buddy Franklin. It's written all over him. And for me, personally, I'd actually go the other way around where I actually see the Swans as more my dark horse where I think they have more, I don't know, uh, the youthful exuberance and they've got everything going for them. While Brisbane, like you said, have Hipwood that have been out. You know, Lockie Neal hasn't been in good form, been in and out of the team and um, with injury all year, even last round. And, yeah, they've just been too up and down. While I feel like Sydney's been more consistent, although you can argue, you know, consistently not as good and hence why they're lower on the ladder. Um, but, yeah, once you throw Buddy Franklin in there, the youth that they've had in has just made a real huge difference this year in that first-year impact. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the mixture of the older and younger players, more so than a Brisbane, who yeah. are more a younger kind of upcoming yeah. side. And I guess, um, So that's just, yeah, my yeah. take. And I guess that. the other argument you could probably put towards it is that was probably the the other upset of the round this week against St. Kilda, them dropping that game. They say, sure. say they were looking in fifth position right now, which they would have been. That would have, you know, definitely made them change my mind, you know what I mean? But I think... Yeah. They, I think they run towards finals, like they're just getting tired being in hubs and stuff. So that's my my worry for them. That's my yeah. biggest stint. But obviously, um, Brisbane's been travelling a fair bit lately too. So well, let's knows. jump onto the next bit of the ladder. Anyway, we spent a good bit of time talking about the mid range yep. teams, and these are the real kind of I'm I'm going to put them all as pretenders per yeah, se. Of course. So, um, I think they are just making the numbers. Um, uh, I think yep. I called it out last week. Um, although. Obviously, we actually haven't mentioned that our pod last week was meant to go ahead, but due yes. to technical, de- technical yes. 
difficulties. We've got to apologize for that as a team because we're all in it yeah. together, not just on uh, one person. But um, thank you. Yes, yeah, so apologies. Apologies for that, uh, loyal viewers at home. But um, yeah, in terms of, I actually said last week that I think West Coast going to drop out, and they kind of just followed suit by dropping the game against Melbourne this yeah. week. And now there's one game separating them and 12th position plus percentage. But outside of that, um, yeah, I can. West Coast have just continued to be crap. And yep. basically, and this time at home, which was normally their savior, they'll go home at Optus, bit of a fortress as always, and come up trumps. But this time they didn't. Um, GWS obviously showing a bit. So um, I'm at this stage, I'm going to call GWS and Essendon to make it. Yep. On to you. Well, what are y'all? <laughs> just I, I, general, that whole pack. So all the way down to Freo. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I, I am actually under the exact same cloud. I think um, GWS obviously faced Richmond this week. So uh, we'll talk about that in more discussion, but I think they'll probably get That's the... I'm, I'm just going to say that they'll... I, I just think they'll get the chocolate. So they'll obviously go up. And Essendon's actually got a pretty easy run to finals too, uh, where West Coast actually have to go through Fremantle. And I think... I can't remember who they got that last round. Maybe... Uh, they got another tough game. I can't remember who it was, but I, I think, yeah, you'll see West Coast drop out and Essendon come in for West Coast, basically. And I think GWS, with that with that draw, that kind of just keeps them in, you know what I mean, like that two-point yeah. buffer. If they didn't have that two-point buffer, like if they didn't end up drawing to North, like the, it would have just been a different story in my mind. But I think they're the two teams that will stay. Like, I mean, GWS... They've got um, Brisbane in the last round. Yep. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, West yes. Coast Brisbane yep. in the last round. So that'll and be obviously, and Brisbane will want to go in with form. So, um, For sure. So if we, if, we, if we just section it off, like, we can basically go on thirds. Your first thirds are your contenders. Your second thirds are your, yeah, like, wild fourth, cards. fourth wild yeah. cards. And your seventh to ninth are just the pretenders. Like, obviously, anything that falls under that's still going to be a pretender anyways. Like, yeah, you know, I, I can. <laughs> unfortunately, or you never know though. Until, actually, until the series kinda, is played out, I kind of hope. I kind of hope. Double. I hope West Coast end up ninth and Richmond finish tenth. I just don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I like I like it when Richmond finish ninth because they make it the worst draft pick. It's the funniest, and we can all bring out the memes and the jokes yeah. and everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll know by the end of this week where they'll probably end up, which will be good. But yeah, so contenders is a and pretenders broken down. Your top three is your contenders. Your next three after that, from fourth to sixth, is probably the wild cards. They have the possibility. And you can see one of them getting through a prelim somehow, you know, out yeah. of those four to six. It just happens every year somehow. There's always that just one team that just always performs just out of nowhere. So, um, and then obviously the the from seventh down, it's just... They're making up the numbers. Um, but in saying That's that, good. obviously, you know, Essendon, if they go in, it's good because they're obviously young and exciting where I feel like West Coast, if they if West Coast stay in, they're just oh. old and... Yeah, it, they're it, done. That, that, so, like, in, say, in saying, like, making up the numbers, I feel like West Coast actually are making up the numbers where Essendon are mounting a case. Up you know what coming. I mean? That's it. That's exactly. it. Yeah, the so, future momentum. Where exactly. So... Forward in a couple of years, yeah. we would definitely expect so, Essendon to be on the way up and West exactly. Coast on the way so, down. So, like, we're not saying making up the numbers to Essendon in a sense of, like, your team's crap. We're just saying they're literally just... Well, this year, they're not good enough to win. Yeah, they're so, just not they're, they're just not there for it. So Literally making up the numbers yeah. of the eight. 
But um, I think um, now we can just give a little bit or moving on to the next topic, unless you have something else to throw in there. No. Um, just to, I guess, briefly, somewhat briefly discuss uh, David Teague. Because so yesterday it was reported by 3AW. Um, I can't remember the bloke's name now, but the radio uh, host in the morning uh, had an unconfirmed report and he brought it to air just saying that David Teague was told um, that he wouldn't be required for next year. But when um, Carlton were contacted throughout the day, there was no official confirmation. So he took it back essentially and saying, okay, it was unconfirmed and there is no currently no truth. Although it looks like it's inevitable from everyone and the, there's a, um, a board meeting on Thursday going ahead so maybe by thursday or friday it might be announced but as it stands and um just because of the loss that they did have over the weekend um yeah what are your thoughts do you think he's definitely gone walking the plank do you think it's a bit unfair or i think he'll go i think um i don't know just even like as a supporter like you you want a bit of grunt out of him i guess like to lose to the suns you know as well like Exactly, but like you'd At think, home. but like even like as a support, like like I don't follow Colin, but like if I was no. a Colin supporter, I'd want my coach to come out every week and just be a bit more of a hard ass. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just feel like he's a bit of a softy, softy, and, and I think and, 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 week, and, 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 I, and I think Bolton was the other thing, and I think the other thing you got to remember is you've got Clarko out there, you've got Ross Lyon out there, you've got yeah. some good depth coaches out there at the moment. That you know, why wouldn't you? want to throw your big bucks at these type of you know coaches and if really good talent pool and, and and like you know like ross Lyon would suit him in a sense of just the defense pool of them you know like um that's true that's where they yeah. just really lack like they can put goals on you but they, they just cannot hold a lead so you that's know where people are also arguing buckley could be really good in that aspect yep. to some extent because he's a really good communicator yep. and connect potentially with the players he's had more time off even Comparing to Clarko, like he's yep. had a few months now to kind of or a Get month back or two, and whatnot. yeah, yeah, kind of gather his thoughts and move forward and ready for the next challenge per se. Exactly. So but, I think um, I think it, it's Teague's time to go. And you know, let, let's be honest, he was the stepping coach, anyways. Um, yeah. You know, compared to like you know Brendan Bolton, who was chosen from Hawthorne to come over and you know lead him. Um, you know, Teague just filled a role, and unfortunately, I just don't think. He's going to be able to continue filling that I, role. I almost feel sorry for him. I almost oh, I think do. he was built up to fail. Like going, how, exactly. what chance did he really have? Like you look at, he's definitely the scapegoat. Once again, that's why you get paid the big bucks as the coach as well. Yeah. That when you do well, you get all the praise, you know, like dimmer and whatnot. You can get away with murder, be a cockhead yeah. out in the public. But, oh, yeah, you know, you win a premiership, you win a few games, you're the right end of the ladder. All's forgiven. The board won't hold you to account, but... Uh, and it flies the other way. Even like this week, you could say, for um. To be fair, Chris Cotter said some stupid shit too. Oh come on, man. not at all. He's been a pillar of truth, mate. <laughs> anyway, it's not about you know Richmond versus Geelong, blah blah blah. Oh, no. I feel sorry for him and the support or the lack of support. He's oh yeah. Around him and the players, they say, oh, not nice. pulling their weight to some extent. You could say, you could see this week, um, for the Suns coach that it really meant a lot where. When they won, he was right in there and yep. bringing all the... He brought the whole club in to sing the song, you know, post-game and right in the face of the camera, essentially, like, welcoming every player into the rooms as they walked in and to kind of celebrate with them. And it was more than just 
the four points, you know, exactly. on the line there where he feels he's fighting for his job as well. So, yeah, once again, I feel sorry for Teague. He's been the scapegoat. 100%. And um, hopefully in the future, if he wants to, to some extent, he comes back and coach because where does he go from here? Like, it's very rare that you see the head coach, you know, suddenly become an assistant. Again, yeah. so you know, once you climb the ladder, you don't want to yeah. take. One I mean, step. the only one yeah. you can probably think, oh, you've got Michael Voss, you got Justin Lepish, you you, you do get a couple yeah. of them, mainly from from Brisbane Lions, kind of ending up in <laughs> assistant coach roles, <laughs> and then obviously you had um Ratton, who was an assistant. Yeah, um, that's true. Bomber Thompson did it. Yeah, so so, did, so 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 I mean, it's not the end of the world for him. Yeah. Um, but yes, hundred percent scapegoat. I I couldn't agree more with that call. Um. And I wish nothing the best for him, you know. Like I, I like, I'm sure he's a great guy. So I'm sure, like, yeah, honestly, deep down, he, he, I hope he ends up at a good club that does give him support. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. But yeah. I don't think he'll be a head coach for a while now. Nah, no way. We'll win and see. Who knows? Well, he, the you know what? Wall, but, you know what? Yeah. He might not even want the like a head coach role ever again. Pressure. Anyways, exactly. You know, exactly. Like, um, the pressure so... and lifestyle of it. Imagine mentally the stress. Like, oh, but even the even men- Chris the men- brought it up saying it's the least enjoyable job in the world like to some extent like you don't yeah. enjoy being a coach but you it, you know you love the highs and you just live it yeah like, exactly exactly and i can understand that too you, you'd have so much negatives uh and then once you get that premiership cup that's when the positive comes i guess oh yeah, and it'd be yeah. unbelievably positive right like exactly you even, um, well if you think about even, if you yeah. think about anyone who doesn't get a premiership like as in like a coach like on like like any year, so every every all all seventeen clubs that don't get it in that year, everyone kind of like says, "Oh, it's a failed season." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like sure. it, that doesn't it doesn't matter. Only one club it, can win the premiership, right? But, Out of eighteen, but, but so. you, you know what I mean? Like, say you're North Melbourne right now, you're on a rebuild. You, you're showing good signs almost in like in like a lot of games at the moment, but they still go away at the end of this home and away season, and they go. Well, that sucked. You know what I mean? Like, you, it, like, like yeah, but that's why you can't. Like, every club can't exactly. use the premiership as the be all exactly. and end all every season. Cause no, I know, I know, exactly. So, like, they, they, I don't think they'll go to the end and go, "Oh, what a waste," because they definitely have a lot to work with. Where you can almost argue going, they've shown more positive signs than, yeah. um, than Carlton or Sorry. maybe not Carlton more than Gold Coast or something Sorry, like I'll, that. You know, <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase. I'm, I'm kind of trying to drill on the point of the negative side of being a coach. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. so every year that you're not holding a premiership cup, you're like, ah, that sucks. Like, yeah. like, like, oh, sure. wow. We got to go again. We got to go again. We got to go again. We got to go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it would be so, so, so hard. You know, like you said, it's, it would be so painful every year to just keep getting up and going again. But you know what? They strive for that glory and the day they get it, it's obviously the best thing in the world. So, speaking of um, coaches, um, and moving on to, I guess, our next kind of topic. I'll, I'll, I'll rope the coach into this somehow because it's not really about the coach, but he was a factor on it. But I think it's time we give a bit of air time to the Tex Walker conversation yep. and the racism row that's been bubbling over for a week now. And I mentioned the coach because I did see Maddie Nick speak about it. And only yesterday um, the video came out with Tex Walker, um, his apology video, you can call it, where... Um, for those of you at home that haven't seen it, he's wearing a white shirt, no club colours, anything like that, and he makes an apology. He's there with the player that he vilified, um, not a professional AFL player. He's one of the two players, I think, played yep. for an opposition club, or maybe even the Adelaide number twos, I don't know. But um, And, yeah, it was just a very kind of uncomfortable kind of video. Uh, but in the end, it felt 
relatively, uh, yeah, it felt relatively staged and whatnot. And I saw Matthew Nick speak on it. And um, it was something that I noticed. It looked like, from his point of view, it really came from the heart. And it was something that he was really genuine and authentic about. And you could just see, he was almost in tears, yeah. like talking to the media about it and apologizing and, you know, having Eddie Betts at that club and being so influential within the AFL, but also especially, and obviously the indigenous community. And um, for them to know the connection with him and to know the hurt and pain it causes and for him to talk about it compared to what you saw and Walker's video, I think was really disappointing. And I personally don't know. And I don't think um, he might not be able to come back from it, Taylor Walker. I don't know if we will mm. see him playing AFL again. And um, rightfully so to some extent, but we'll wait and see because at the moment it's only a six-match band. So were you um, saying Maddie Nix was a bit emotional? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. He, he did a presser and spoke about it and he was like... Yeah, almost in tears, choking up, talking about it. And he said, oh, I just wanted to call our former players of Indigenous or even speak to the current ones and really apologise and go, as a club, we don't stand for that. But then I still don't think the AFL came down hard enough on him, um, where 100%. I think saying more like 10 games or even just a ban for life. Because you think about it, just because of where he's come from, like considering that Tex Walker was the captain of the club, and he's stood up in the past and, and vilified those fans um, and keyboard warriors online that have said racist things to Eddie Betts and stood by him side by side. And people have come out this week saying, oh, he doesn't have, he's not a race, like as a person going, oh, he's, he has a real connection with all the indigenous players at the club and does this and that. And at the end of the day, their actions speak louder than words. And when you put yourself in that situation where, you're getting called out for any good on him, like for calling it out too, because that would have been so hard by the player and the officials at the club. And they're saying, I think Caroline Wilson reported yesterday that it was really hard to get to the bottom of it as well, that when they interviewed the main people in question, um, a lot of them were very, um, not very transparent and clear and straight for them. They were kind of like, oh, I don't really remember or no comment or they didn't want to say anything in it. And so they had to do more investigation, which even in itself kind of yeah. is bad. Like it reflects so badly on the clubs. Anyway, what what are your thoughts on this and, and whatnot? Uh, 100% racism needs to be stamped out in footy. I just had one quick question. Yeah, in, in yeah, yeah, obviously. Just stamp yeah. it out full stop. Um, I just have a quick question before I give my opinion. Did you... Yeah. So did you watch the... Um, Obviously, because you did mention it, like uh, when Tex Walker said sorry to the vilified yep, person. Yeah. I just got to wonder, like, did you feel like that felt so staged? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, like, it was super like, staged. Did, like, a pretty fake chuffed up, like, Kiri at the start. Well, I don't know if I uh, see that as... Uh, I think that was hard for him. I think he is truly suffering from his actions, and he's got to live with it. And, yeah. you know, you do the crime, you've got to live with the results of that. But at the same time, I feel like you could see his eyes kind of darting around the camera a bit. So you could tell there's a whole crew there. Obviously, there has to be. Yeah. But it just did feel stage like they told him what he had to say and how to say it. Yeah. Like coming from the heart and him. Like, you could tell. And by reports, the reason it took so long, like Kane Corns, of course, Kane Corns, where he hates his guts, basically. And they're having a row every week anyway. But... I think he does have a point where he's called him out going, he has to face the media. Like if he ever wants to play AFL again, he's got to come out, yeah. apologize and take questions on it. And they said their club's been pushing 
Walker to do it, but he's been supposedly so distraught that he can't even, you know, he can't even talk. So let alone what's the point in a press conference or if he says something wrong that makes it worse unintentionally. But yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I think it was the. I don't think it helped really. Like yeah. it was kind of just a ticking the box, kind of going, okay, I had to, and to have the player there that he did vilify against. I I get it. Like I hope it was the players initiative to say yeah i want to be there to support him because at the end of the day that's the only way forward yep. is as well as to forgive and to learn and take learnings from it because if they just you know write him off never see him again it doesn't really help either mm. so, no i yeah. i agree with that but yeah no my opinion is the afl should have definitely come down harder on him um so what do you think what, uh, I, I, I reckon it would have been oh so hard to say, isn't it? It like, is. It, like, do you, is it like you, 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 it... you can't put a time on racism. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that's like, it. like, it's it's one of those things. Like, but that's how. That's like, why like, I, I, say... I, know, I know it's stupid because, like, obviously we're trying to stamp out racism, and like, you know, it happened at a footy game. Like, obviously, like yeah. a. But um, like a ban, like almost feels way too much in my eyes. But then, like, w- like twenty weeks. 30 weeks somehow just doesn't sit well with me either. Like, you no, know what I mean? Like, like it's think so, about it. it like, it makes it, well, what, let me put it to you this way. What would happen if that was a fan over the fence? I don't actually know what was said, but if something that was quite degrading and derogatory was said, what, what do you think the club and everyone would have said if it was just a nobody, like in terms of no one yeah. of worth? What People just it? go, what a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. And, and, but then and, at the and, same and, time, if they're a member and everything, what are they going to call for? What do you mean? Like, what what happens to the member? Yeah. Oh well, I know they straight up terminate their membership, um, yep. and straight away the club apologizes. Like, this is yep. what's happened in the past, obviously. Um, and then basically, obviously the person that's vilified, uh, vilified in it, and like villain fight. I don't even know what the word vilified. is. Yeah, vilified, vilified, yes. Like, like Eddie Best. Like, obviously, generally comes at like obviously he's like a case that's happened numerous times. Yeah. And Eddie will kind of come out and like say he's a bit like. How it makes him feel and obviously we care about that like you know like yeah it's really we, we, we exactly and, and and it's just the thing the thing is is like you can't teach stupid you know what i mean like and i'm not you can, i'm not but you do teach racism like you're not born racist it's yeah what exactly you learn from the people around you from society and from uh, yeah. what you see and hear and gather yeah. off other people Ra- racism racism is just such a crazy topic you know like um i don't consider myself to be racist no one does no one do- yeah. <laughs> but then like i am racist in a sense of like you know obviously like people <laughs> I'm, I'm like no. but like anyone like i'm not saying just me like everyone is a terrible with their racism everyone has like silly stereotypes and whatnot but to be vocal about it, that's a difference for me. Well, yeah, that's like, where, like, like, he, like did you hear what Mark Rusciuto said? No. And was in the media. So he was basically saying what you're saying, but being, you know, on the, I think he's on the board of Adelaide Crows and being one of the most influential people off field. And for him to state it saying, oh, there is a lot of casual racism in society. Yeah. I think he had a point, but how he said it was really bad and he's being crucified for it. Yeah. So um, by a lot of people in the media just saying, because he said it in that way, you're almost dumbing it down. Like, cause no racism should be casual. Like even though exactly. there is a lot of casual nature, like that's almost the Aussie 
stereotype. We don't really get too deep into it, even though nah, we're pretty deep not. at the moment. But um, yeah, to put it in that way is almost making it less of an issue, like less of, less it, hurtful by calling it casual you racism. You know what I find race like in my opinion, racism is intended to hurt someone. So like, I'm not you know trying to um be race. You're my mate, and you've got um mm-hmm. Filipino, yeah. Yeah. So obviously I can and Italian. And yeah. and Italian, yes. Yeah. But like <laughs> say, you know, I gave you what everyone else would think of a stereotype, but I'm yeah. your mate, you know, and you know it's a joke and a lighthearted joke, and you said the same thing back to me. As long as the two people in that joke are cool with it, like I don't see that you know what I mean? Like uh, like it, Well that's it, why it, when but, we but, go down and, and this is down the rabbit hole now. And, yeah, so this is where I know, your but background then, but as then, a white Australian exactly. compared to someone where my parents aren't born here and where I'm first generation Australian. Yeah. So I get the culture, but then until how do you know that I don't just react that way because that's how it's exactly, intended? Like, exactly. That doesn't mean that's how it makes me but feel. The, this is, yeah, this is, this, this so that's, is, yeah. That's the big yeah, issue, isn't it? But this yeah. is the difference too. Like Tex Walker and this guy don't aren't mates. You know, like this yeah. is just a racial slur thrown out, and that's where I feel it's so much more severe than two for it. Like it's not like he's like you know having a joke or something like that, and it's and it's yeah. two people having a connection. You know, like there's no connection between them. I don't know. It's, uh, like you said, it's just, it's just a like, huge rabbit hole. There's just so much to it. That's also why I think you know, like, one of the key things is that education piece. Like yeah, I exactly. Thought going, oh, it'd be great to... That's why when we do have like Sir Doug Nichols round and we have Dreamtime mm, exactly. and to hear I'd the stories it, yeah. at the start and even to hear every time Eddie Beth speaks on it. And I, I feel sorry for him, not just because of obviously the racist situations and environment and how society is but also because he has to like he has to be a spokesperson for it. like he doesn't have a choice like he yeah. doesn't choose to make these statements or have to stand up for him and his people but for him and his children and for the betterment of society he's taking all that pressure and everything on him and he says like you feel this anger and this hurt but then exactly. eventually after he's had enough time to process it it has to come with healing and helping to educate and that's why he talks about it exactly. and that's where i'd love it to be more in our schools and to talk more about it just because education is the key to make people understand going, maybe there was no intention for people. They don't understand like when they say a throwaway casual, as we say, comment, but the effects and the hurt that that causes to people, a group of people for many years of oppression and where they've come from of how important that stuff is. So yeah, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out plenty of discussion and we could talk on forever about it the more around, the more but... we talk about it the more i want him to be banned now you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's weird like at the start i go oh i don't think he should have been banned but i definitely think six weeks it just seems very minimal to me but now the more, like, the more we've talked about it i'll just go yeah. no just well, you put the context like i think six was good in terms of at least it's the year done so he has to sit within the off season and then he's not back in round one where he can just come normal footy. Yep. Well, he has to sit on the sidelines, watch his teammates play. And then from there, he's still got to like, who knows if he's going to, is he going to be able to play that off season and be able to train? And he's going to take time away from the club as he should. And therefore, will he ever come back to the club? That's the question. Like people are saying he might not. Like, how can you until you can face the media and face the questions and really give like, apart from that half ass video, give mm. real remorse and, 
show like what what have you learned and how how can you help society become better from this experience and go well how do you stop joe blow on the street doing the same thing like based on your actions and yeah. how do you prove so anyway yeah it was really long kind of how long's a piece of string yeah, exactly. uh, to go down but um yeah we'll just wait and see and this might lead on to the next topic per se it is um to move on somewhat it is that time of year now where um where we do start to hear about the retirements. So in terms yeah. of text might retire if it doesn't come back from this. And but um, I think they just announced um, Murphy. Mark, Mark Murphy, yep. been a, Yeah, there's been a whole bunch, actually. Yeah. Let me see if I can find any of the other ones that they were just talking about. I saw something online here, but I definitely know Murphy. I think Mark Murphy from the Blues said he'd play his 300th and then retire. Yep. Um, there was someone from Freeman or Stephen Hill. Um, also announced his retirement. Have you heard of any of the other retirements? Because now it's two rounds left. Um, Rocky. Um, uh, Rockcliffe, yep. Yep, Tom yep. Rockcliffe, um, yep. as he's known in fantasy circles, the pig, um, has been, yeah, has called time as well, which is really sad um, considering, um, like, how good of a player he's been across so many years and everything. Another one is probably Chip Frawley. Um, they've said, you know, after surgeries. Um, season ending surgery is probably another one. Um, yes, I, I definitely right, think, you know, uh, Basher Hooley's not going to get back from his injury, so he's probably another one that I'd probably really? almost put in a lock for that. I'm not, that's not confirmed, obviously. Yeah. That's just that's yeah, just another just one that, yeah. Obviously, um, um, about a week ago, they had Venables, um, who's only yes. 22, retired but due to um, concussions, due yeah. to concussion and brain trauma and stuff, so that's yeah. scary. Gary. Like that just brings into mind. Um, Maine was another one. Chris Maine called time. Yep. So there's a the list will just grow, obviously, yep. from and here. So it's, more and more will come out. Yep. Yeah. Well, who who will come out next? And um, from those bottom and even the top clubs, you know, if depending on potentially who wins the um the premiership, then you know that might yeah that might also determine a lot of people, like you mentioned before, for people to go out like Buddy or uh, is Talia one? Did Talia hang up the boots? I don't think so. Not off the top of my head, but yeah, I haven't seen any. Um, I see a couple of videos going around about um, the retirement. So I'm sure we'll see over the next kind of couple of weeks. Yep. Um, yeah, all the other retirements come out. But um, yeah, so I guess moving on from there, uh, we can finally talk about the tribunal. I was kind oh, of holding off because <laughs> at the time of um, recording, they are still deliberating, or they might have just finally finished yeah. on the last case. Which um, was Brayshaw's, I think. They'll, yeah, they'll... so we might as well start at the top. As we mentioned from the top of the show, Toby Green being the most contentious. So for those of you that have missed it, um, in Friday Night Footy, he raised the elbow when he had possession of the ball and um, elbowed Dangerfield in the neck, which caused him to miss the rest of the game and go to hospital with a bruised um, larynx. Larynx box. What was your and, th- what was your thoughts on that incident? So it's very contentious. So, um, I guess just to paint the picture for the viewers at home that might have missed it and whatnot. So he did get given two weeks initially. Yep. And now he's went to the tribunal. He's fought it and it's been reduced or downgraded to one. Yep. So they the took AFL it from high were, compact down to medium. Yep. So they wanted it to be two. Um, obviously GWS wanted him to play. And they argued that Dangerfield slipped at the time, which made the contact, you know, a split-second decision. And um, to be honest, I think it's about right. I actually think overall, I think um, it's good that he's been rubbed out. I think it's 
the inconsistencies of the tribunal are frustrating for everyone. Yeah. But I think they've wrongfully let a couple of elbows off, like Buddies pops to mind. Um, Fritch is another one this season that's popped to mind. Maybe there's one other one. But in general, purely like to, if this is the only incident, just to focus on this one, I don't think you want to promote this action in the game. Fend off, yes, is a football action. But once it's your elbow and it's not, like, Dusty does it the best. How many times has Dusty put an elbow to someone's neck and caused injury? Not once. And he's pretty much made the fend off the most. Like, that's why you do it. Someone's trying to tackle you and rugby staff. You can push them off so they can't grab you. Then fair enough. But then it's your responsibility. If you lead to get your hand there, but it's suddenly your elbow or your forearm and it's a right in the neck then it should be a free kick on the spot. Yeah. And if it's really bad, which unfortunately this one was, maybe due to the elbow or the slip, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but it's always, you know, Toby Green plays on that line. So I think a week is about right. Yep. So that's my opinion on that. And how about you? Uh, my opinion is I kind of... Yeah, I think there's been a lot of missed ones. That's... Yeah. I think the frustration it, of I, it, right? I, I, I think it deserves what it does. I'll be honest, but yeah. I also still feel like, you know, it was only a year ago, and obviously a lot of the MRO and the tribunals look down to the injury, you know, like what's yeah. actually happened to the player. Wrongfully so, which I think is incorrect. Yeah, yes, that's, yeah, and it has to be, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be the intention and the act, not the impact, because... This is where That's I right. feel like it's so inconsistent because True. you know you can you, you, you can mount the same argument or similar argument. I wouldn't say it's the exact same. Um, a year ago, obviously the ball, the shoes on the other foot. Dangerfield spo- spo- final, spoils yes. spoils a ball, brings his, like obviously it's just a it, it, anyone would have done it. I'm not, I'm, 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 yeah. Exactly, I'm not saying he's done anything wrong, but he's. He's, he's trying to like protect himself last second. It's just a bracing. Yeah, uh, essentially. And, and and he's got Flossen clean, and he's out for the grand final, like like early That's moments it. of the. And, yeah. and but the the thing is, is there's no repercussion from that. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, I feel like Toby Green kind of gets stiffed on that. Like, um, I mean, I think like each it's each, just um, it's each just situation has to be based on its merits because then you go. Like you said, he's done nothing wrong. Like I know but you've also got to think: was there an alternative? Like, did Danger have to have his elbow out, or did he have time to do anything else? Well, Green, arguably, he had the ball and going. Did he have to raise his elbow? No, that yeah. was an action he decided to make to yeah. break a tackle or stop a tackle. Well, Danger's based on that. The ball was in like no one had possession of the ball. Yeah. So he literally was getting to the ball. So his arm was only outstretched to get the ball first. Yeah. I think so the, therefore I, that's yeah. the saving grace. Yeah, yeah, but I, know. I know what you but mean. I, I completely agree with you where it, it should be intention over, more than yeah. action. Because, yeah. And because deep down, like, yeah, 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 I agree. And and he's come away with a bruised larynx, which does suck because that would be hurt, to kill him when oh, he swallows sure. or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but I look at that incident and I don't see the intention. Like we know, Toby yeah, Green can be a grub. We know that. Like we've seen what he does yeah. to Bond. We've seen what he did with the flying kick to the Dullhouse. We've, we've seen it all. You know, Never ends, uh, yeah. But I just I don't. I don't think that was a vicious act. You know, like yeah. I don't think yeah, he. Yeah. I don't think he was trying to hurt Dangerfield. He was just trying to play yeah. footy. The intention oh. for me wasn't as. 
bad as yeah. like yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I get that they're trying to well, wipe things out by giving people weeks and whatnot. Compare that to Franklin's. They're going even though the injury yeah. wasn't there, him swinging an elbow recklessly exactly. and smashing some broken so, head. That should be weeks. That, the that should be weeks just to hurt. See, my, like it's my, not a football my, act, my, right? My honest opinion on this, and like I know, obviously. Danger's got injured. Um, the one that who I don't even remember who Buddy Albert. I remember the action. I can't remember who it was, yeah. but they they didn't end up injured. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually see Toby Greens as just give him a real good fine, like 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 not these petty two thousand dollar fines. Blah, blah blah. Give him like a five, big, five. give him a whack, yeah. you know. But that says to him, okay, I won't do that again. Where Buddy's was like. You deserve weeks, man. Like that. That's like yeah. that. That's you know. That's that's vicious. The that's... Intention to harm. Going exactly. well. Why did you hit him in the jaw and he breaks his jaw? Yeah. So like I, swinging an elbow back recklessly can easily do that. I just. Well, yeah. I, I feel like deep down, probably Toby Green's track record kind of goes against him. But then yeah, obviously sure. Buddy's got a terrible track record also. So it's it like yeah. So it's it's a bit you know. I think I think the whole MRO needs a redo. Yeah. In that sense, where they just need to go, hey. Irrespective of what happened in the past, we need we need better. The yeah. competition needs better than the players deserve to know, so they can try and act and train responsibly to it for some extent. Yeah. So there's a lot of different aspects to it, and the public and the coaches. And at the moment, there's too much confusion, and there's too much based on the action, which is or the impact and the injury at the end of the day, which is not right. I think there has to be a waiting to it. So if obviously, if let's say they, he broke Danger's jaw and he's out for six to eight weeks, obviously then you've got to take that into account going, well, the force was so great that mm. it caused this. But at the same time, the intention sells to be a thing. But then if there's a head clash and someone breaks someone's jaw and, you know, it's completely accidental and both players going for the ball and this and that, where you go, oh, it just happens in footy sometimes, you know? Like, like, like But yeah. the thing is, is like you can have a worse collision, like, Say the someone's booted the ball up in the air, you, like you see it all the time. Like there'll be congestion, ball kind of gets flicked around. Someone goes to clear the ball, but they end up just booting it sky high. You get two players running full speed right at each other, but they're both looking up the sky. Eyes and the ball, that's it. And and they collision every and, and see friendly fire. One one ends up concussed, the other ends up with a broken jaw and collarbone. Like this is just a scenario. Yeah, no one gets weak, but the and there's no intention to hurt, but it's just. I don't know, something like, yeah, exactly. It happens, like, you know, and I think that's where the line kind of doesn't so get drawn. Let's, like, oh. let's move on to this one because I know there's a lot of contention yeah. around it. So, same game, um, different incident, obviously, but with Selwood. So, you go Selwood on um, Sam Taylor. Yeah. And for those that haven't seen it, it's a bit of a, it's a, you can describe it as a brush where yeah. it had the real intention to potentially cause harm, where this is one that the AFL and in general, we really want to protect the head, rub it out of the game, where he got a fine yeah. for it and he can play this week. But this is one where I almost think it deserves weeks more because of the type okay. of action it is and the potential going, hey, a centimeter this way. I what was his intention? Was he playing exactly. the ball? The player was picking it up. I would and put, him not his hip and shoulder, I mean, yeah. the head and neck is so exactly. dangerous. And this is where that whole injury thing comes up because Sam exactly. Taylor he just jumped up. straight up, straight yeah. away, like just played on like, like nothing happened, yeah? I think honestly, that's the one that does get a week, because yeah. obviously, like uh, to me, Sam Taylor didn't get injured, but the, yeah. the I felt like the intention was there, and you know, we were discussing before the show. It looked like he was gonna really go for it, 
and he like pulled exactly. out. Pulled, and you see that's that. What you and, want. You, and you, and that's you see, and, and, and you, you see want. that a lot yeah. with all these people that are getting weeks though too. You know, you I've I've I've, I've, I've seen people pull up. Um, oh, what's the example that I had recently? I can't even think of it. But someone's pulled up, and they've just clipped them, and they had a concussion test, but they well fine, but yeah. it was a week, you know, and it, yeah. or or two. Like I feel like that's where. I wouldn't give Sudwood two weeks. I'd, I'd still give him a week. It's just like, hey. Well, well you know where I almost land on it? I, this is almost one where I'd be even more happy if this got caught as a week and then he went and argued it down to a fine or something like exactly. that, where even it's caught out to the point like they go, exactly. hey, this is how we're going to. But then based on the incident, because of the light impact, he could argue going, um, yeah, like the impact though was insufficient for a suspension. And then they go, no, it is. But then because of whatever reason, if he, if there's a loophole or whatever, there is a clear case to argue against that there was insufficient force. Um, but then for them to go, okay, but in the book, it's a week automatic, like anyone that goes to a bump. Um, and if you can prove, you know, going, oh, I pulled out of it, going, yep, I saw that, I saw the danger, but then I already started the action, I couldn't stop, but you see me pull up and that's why I shouldn't get blah, 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 whatever it is. And that's where I'd be more satisfied as a general football fan. So not just because... You'll see, yeah, Joe Boy down the street going, oh, yeah, protected species, this and that, him and Bont and, like, Selwood and Bont and all those kind of players, Danger. Oh, yeah, you, got Dan- um, you know, they you, don't, yeah. You got Danger Ablett when he was a sniper. I was going Richmond too. <laughs> Cochin, like, obviously that Shields act um, a couple of years yeah. back. Um, I mean, I don't really think Dusty would be there. But um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, yeah, anyways, but like you know, Bond, um, I think maybe like not that it's happened, but I I feel like Petrarca would probably be in that category also if it happened. Um, I don't think he's done anything, you know, vicious or anything, anyways. So, um, but yeah, I feel like they would be kind of like the ones that would be under the uh, AFL some a little, but yeah, um, the other one we've got to talk like there's two more to talk about, but the other one is is the Redmond one. What was your thoughts on that one? So, for those at home, once again, that haven't seen it, it was a adjudicated a sling tackle, a dangerous tackle on the bond, um, where I remember watching this live, and I thought it wasn't that bad, like, hmm. um, initially, and uh, so they have challenged it, so I think it was it, one it, week, wasn't yep, it? And it wasn't one week, yeah, and it's given him to, to two, yeah. yeah, low impact, $2,000 fine, and he's available yeah. to play this weekend. So I think that's about right where, yep. yeah, you don't want dangerous tackle, but I don't think there was intent. I think there was a poor technique in the tackle initially. Like, if you look at it, yeah, he kind of hangs kinda off does. him. Yep. Yeah, like he puts all his body weight to drag him to the ground, yeah, but then because he has a duty of care by being the tackler, you have to be somewhat yeah. in control. But then because the bond, if anything, you argue the bond suddenly decided to cave in and subdued yeah. the tackle and therefore it got him in the position it did yeah but yeah so i think a fine's about right in that situation i don't think it was that bad yeah oh um, mate i remember three... what did you think oh yeah i didn't think it was that bad of a tackle i don't think his intention was to hurt or whatnot i think i think yeah. it, i think it got what it deserved like recognition two thousand dollar fine it's a yeah, recognition thing healed um yeah so yeah. that uh, so i think that i think that's basically what we want you know like it Hey, you know, don't fully do this. Like, 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 we didn't think you were too bad, but you know, just a slap on the wrist, you know, type of action. You know what I mean? Um, obviously there is the intention to hurt, and I just don't think Redmond had that intention. 
Yeah. Um, like yeah. You, you have seen some sling tackles and you go, whoa, what the hell? You know, yeah, um, that's true. We've seen worse this yeah, year. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that definitely deserved what it was in the end. Um, and then the other and one was the last one, Brayshaw. That's just come through. If anything, yes. that's why we've delayed the conversation till now because it has literally just come through as um, a few moments ago, five minutes literally. Um, looking at the live Twitter blog. And his appeal has failed. So for those that haven't seen this incident, um, he lays a really good tackle um, onto a Brisbane player, but then he um, his handle, as they describe it, um, let me read it right here. They say his right hand is not open in a manner consistent with trying to grab the ball, and um, he claws or clenches um, towards the face. Of um of the Brisbane Very, player, so yeah, yeah. Jared Berry. and so he gets a week. So yeah, did you have any kind of thoughts on this one? Uh, this is the one that I haven't seen. So to be okay. honest, I, yeah. I um I don't really have a thought on it. I'll I'll kind of let you. So take Fremantle are arguing that it was careless, and they've graded it as intentional. So they're saying um intentional um. He's made so that the ban is officially Freo were challenging Andrew Brayshaw's one match ban for unreasonable slash unnecessary contact to the eye region of Brisbane's Jared Berry. So, yeah, when he tackles and he's on the floor, his hand unintentionally does go towards his face, and it does look like it's in a clawing kind of action more than a like it wasn't a punch or an eye poke, but it looked kind of you know his, uh, his yeah. fingers were bent and whatnot and gone towards the eye. So, um I don't think it was intentional, but I think it was careless more than intentional. But this is one where clearly the AFL have taken a hard stance and they've gone to say, this is unacceptable. Anything near the eye, you're gone. And I don't mind it. Like um, at this time, when his team's fighting for a spot in the eight, but if that's the hard stance and they adjudicate all of them like this, then um, then that's fair enough. Because we've seen a few others. I can't actually remember what the other one's were adjudicated as, but there were two, I think other, it was one, one might've been Toby Green. Yeah. I can't remember where there was a chlorine kind of action towards the eye. Yeah, um, that was, there was a, oh, actually, sorry. Earlier in the year, there was a Toby Green on Dustin Martin, but he didn't actually get him. He okay. kind of like, or it was on Cochran, I can't remember, but he did go for that face region, but he didn't get any contact with the eye in the end. Yeah. Um, so is that more and, luck? Like that's where it's intention. Yeah, yeah, first. exactly. Yeah, what like sometimes yeah. it is luck. I think. Um, and then obviously we can always draw back on Toby Green with bloody every other player. Yep. <laughs> you know, with Bond, Bond, Bond. He's done it twice too. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I actually do remember that now. So <laughs> just a little bit more. And I can't remember, now. but I'm pretty sure you got weeks for those because it's Toby yeah. Green. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Toby Green tax, as they call it. Yeah, that's so, it. Um, yeah, it's unlucky that Brayshaw gets um, is it is going to miss for a week and yep. a, a really important time well, where his side is and really that, fighting. And that probably brings us into our like last part of the actual show, which is our games we're looking forward to. And um, I've yeah, definitely got picture. I've definitely got that as there's two games I'm looking at here, and that's one of them, which is Fremantle versus um, West Coast. Um, I'll let you talk about it a little bit, actually. Fremantle versus West Coast, so it's obviously the derby over there. Yep. And it is at the moment, I think it's the only game locked in for Sunday. 15th yeah, it's the only game that's been locked in, yeah. 
10 p.m. But there's there's a few um, suggestions out there of what the AFL want. But of course, due to COVID and everything, they are tossing it up. But it is a really important game. So like I've kind of called out, I do expect West Coast to drop from the eight. Um, they are still one game ahead of the chasing pack. But this is one where that Andrew Brayshaw suspension is huge because he's mm. arguably their best player um, yep. without Fife in the team. And, um, yeah, it will be really interesting to see if West Coast bring what they've brought recently, which is not a lot. <laughs> they've been really <laughs> lackluster in their performances. Mm. Their form is think, not looking good. I think West Coast um, were just lucky they got numbers on the board early days and they've just kind of just, since the bye, just sat around there and just kind of like dropped off real bad. Well, you look at their loss to like to the Pies, which is huge upset. Yep. And 45 oh, points, the nature of it. Yeah, that's and some huge the, upset, like some, huge blowouts. Somewhat, I think the scoreline flatters them against Melbourne, where Melbourne had them done. And we haven't even discussed this, but the lightning strike that or the potential for a lightning strike ended or paused the game for half an hour. And the 13 minutes left in the last quarter, the game was done and dusted. I think it was something like, I remember watching it last night. It was so late. It was like 11 o'clock or something. Mm. And um, the delay, for a Monday yeah. night. And because it was played over there in the West. But um, yeah, the game was done. Melbourne went into preservation mode. They came back out. And then West Coast banged on, what, four of the last five or something mm. to um, to make it kind of a contest. If I, well, I've got it here. So in the last quarter... They literally kicked four goals to four behinds. So Melbourne kicked four behinds. And then, so that was the only thing that brought them back into it. So yeah, yep. Melbourne went in preservation mode. They're like, game's done. Let's just not get injured. But by having that, it actually made it game on. West Coast brought a little bit of something for the first time in the game. And um, all of a sudden, it was almost, um, they almost stole a victory against the run of play. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if West Coast bring anything like that and Fremantle are able to turn their form around and show something more similar to their win against the Tigers, like if they can show half of what they showed that night, which was their probably one of their wins of the season, it'd be massively different. Yep. But Fremantle have just, they've been so up and down themselves too. Yep. Like you look at it either side of that, they've got thumpings or that rousing four point win. So yeah. lost by 69 against Geelong. And I 40 guess, against Sydney, and then 64 over the weekend. So, And I guess the only leg Fremantle had to stand on was obviously the fact that they're playing a home game. But, you know, now they're versing exactly. their home game at the at the same place as the people who share that oval. Well, so, The only thing I'd say, though, is that over there, they love their footy over in Western oh, yeah. Australia. And when it is a home game, it really is a home game in terms of the fans. So there will be majority Dockers fans in there that have their reserve seats, don't even know what the capacity is over there now because of COVID or whatnot, but they will have a strongly favoured crowd. And if the noise of affirmation exists, if anywhere, it can only be yep. there almost. And, um, and they've been hanging to get one back on them. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, who do you tip for this game, actually? I just think West Coast have dropped. Like, Brayshaw is huge. That, that yeah, is huge. Like, he was, he, I he, think that's He, he was the, the difference point. between the Richmond game and all that too. Yeah, um, he was, so, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, like, now it puts a lot of load on um, Chera's shoulders. and that's it. And, and um, Mundy. And Mundy. So, uh, I almost like, I think I, West Coast I, are going to drop out, but then when you look at it and you try and analyze the game, I wanted to West Coast. Like, Shane's coming yeah. back in next week as well. Yeah. Um. They. I think they got an injury to Hearn though, which is pretty big. Yeah. Although McGovern was really good late oh, in the Hearn game. An, is Hearn another one that's retiring this year? Do you know? 
I don't think it's been announced. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised yep. where, considering he got injured again, I don't know what the kind of injury it was, but got the injury list open, so I might as well have a quick flick up to it. So, turn hamstring. Yeah. To BC, TBC. So the Eagles expect Hearn had suffered only a minor hamstring injury, mm. is what they said here. But so in terms of when you're 30 plus and you do a hammy and it's near the end of the season, if you're, you know, you don't yeah, have a good finals run, yeah. who knows? So mm. um, I'm, yeah, actually, I'm, space. A, I, I, I'm actually going to go Fremantle and it's going to be a nail biter, to be honest. I reckon this is going to be probably the match of the round, in my opinion. That's good. Well, you look at the injury list now, and it's getting relatively short, like West Coast, that is. And they've got Tom Barras, Test, um, Liam Duggan's only one week away. Uh, Hearn, like I said, to be announced. Um, Jermaine Jones is a Test. Liam Ryan's a Test. Luke Shuey's a Test. I saw him be interviewed pre-game, and he said he was good to come in this week. If it was a final, he would have played. But because, you know, they're about to potentially play finals, they wanted to give the extra week because he didn't train as much as he would have liked. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Williams is a test. Um, Willie Rioli is suspended until the 20th of August. So he's almost back. So their injury list is not that long. Yeah. Per se, where Brendan H.E. is um, Jared Cameron. I don't even know who that is. Um, so they only have less than a handful of real injuries that yeah. are going to be. And if you potentially... actually flip the page onto Fremantle, I mean, they've got a lot of injuries. You know, like oh, um, obviously, obviously, obviously they're Brayshaw, but then Nathan Wilson, Wilson's a pretty good solid defender. Michael Walters is huge. Rory Lobb's been Lobb, pretty dominant. Huge. And then that five, like yeah, uh, and Banfield, another one. You know, like the, yeah, that's the, true. These are like some of their be- their better tier players, you know. So yeah, and not to yeah, and I think you already did mention five, but they obviously did his sh- like shoulder because they probably didn't expect yeah. to make finals or do much there anyway. Yeah. And obviously, longer term prospect is their key, most key player. Yeah, you'd say there. So um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and kind of see what happens, won't we? Yep. And then the other game that is probably going to catch majority's eyes is probably that eight point type game, which is. Uh, GWS Giants versus Richmond, and they've requested to that Richmond don't play at the their home game, which is uh, MCG. I don't, I actually don't know where that's at at the moment, because um, obviously well, it's to be, yeah, it's, yeah, it's to, we'll to be announced, anyways. Um, but yeah, this is my game that of interest. Obviously, um, expect? I expect GWS to run away with the chocolates. To be honest, really. Um, yeah, I just it's feel like doing the reverse psychology thing where you always tip against them, and then when they win, you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I knew they'd get up, but nah. I didn't say it." <laughs> you know, if they get up, if Richmond get up, I'll be wrapped, obviously, like yeah. anyone. But um, I just no, I just don't, I don't feel it. And to be honest, I I think like we discussed earlier, I think it will be GWS and Essendon that fill out that um top eight, and I think yeah. um Giants just. I don't know. They're mounting a good case at the moment, and they're, they're starting to like. They want it more. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, like they're so. The thing is, they're so up and down. So, um, yeah. so Richmond though. So that's that's the other case. You know, like you see Richmond win some games that they probably shouldn't like against Brisbane or something, and then like they lose to Gold Coast Suns, like or so. Yeah, no, nah, just I I just see GWS winning this one. Um, they've got a pretty decent lineup. Still, Richmond have a fair bit. Of, like Rich, Richmond's real worry is their back line, um, yeah. just just very short in the back line, and without Broad and Bolter and even Basher like running off the half back, it's um 
it's it's quite a, a task to ask. Um, yeah. I'm just I just want to look at GWS's interest. Yeah, I'm but, looking at the injury list. Oh I almost think it matters who comes back from it. So they're already tipping Kelly to come back, Hogan to come back. Caniglio is a um, test. Fitness test, yeah, for Hopper, Davis, Caniglio. So Kennedy, Kennedy's yeah. a good defender. Yeah, you even get a few of those players in. Um, Reed as well is listed yep. as a test Sam Reed. So they've got a lot possibly coming back this week. They've got a really long injury list, but a lot of them are named as tests. The, so, uh, the other thing on, is, does that upset the apple cart? You know, sense that's of like sometimes the best win. Like they, Toby the, Green's going to be missing, which is huge. Yeah, and but these players, they are great players that are going to be coming yeah. back in. Uh, like they're obviously their top twenty-two side. But yeah, like the apple cart's kind of being set at the moment with like a lot of the young ones that are kind of getting the job done. So who knows? But I still think yeah. I, I still think GWS walk away with this one with the win. What's your thoughts? I like to tip GWS, but every time I tip against Richmond, they win. So I'm <laughs> just gonna say I tip Richmond, hoping that they therefore <laughs> lose. <laughs> and, uh, well, and I'll I mean... right in the world. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess it has happened to me. Every time I tip against Richmond, we win. Exactly. Um, but actually, I tipped us to lose to like Frio, and then I also tipped us to lose to well, whoever else we lost. So <laughs> I actually thought we were going to lose to North, to be honest, and then I was yeah. quite excited. Yeah, that's that it. Both of you were banging on about it last week, yeah. and no one got to hear about you. But, oh, yeah, we're going to lose there, both yeah. and then and, to and, half time, and, and, everyone would have fucking thought, yeah, bang on. You guys are not bad. And then <laughs> Richmond just put the foot down all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, shit. And they just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. yeah. But, they attracted food into their shells. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, I guess that's our thingos of the round. It's probably best to discuss our dickheads of the week and our unsung heroes. Sure. Well, I'm happy to kick it off. You actually did steal mine earlier, Bruce, with the ACL and the Essendon players more so, being yep. so such good sportsmen. Uh, sportsmanship shown on the ground. Is the other big shout out. <laughs> no kidding. Sorry? <laughs> Is that your dickheads? <laughs> no, no. So the other big shout out I actually want to give, which um, Olympic themed once again than we had last week. On one note, before I get onto it then, it's almost weird yesterday night, Monday night, just um, finishing dinner and whatnot, doing a bit of exercise post work and then going, oh, I can't just sit on the couch or flick on the Olympics. Like, I'm going insane to being in lockdown here in Melbourne once again. Um, I just love, I love the Olympics this year and I miss the Rio one, really. I just had zero interest. I think I was just out and about, busy doing shit. And then when it came on this time, I was like, oh, I think I was traveling actually during the Rio ones. And even when I was back, I didn't pay much attention. But this time lockdown it was a godsend it was yep. unlike any other olympics we've ever had due to covid and somewhat yeah. arguably being the first event to come together so big shout out to the organizers over in japan and the people of japan oh, to be able to host such an incredible yep. show like and the one thing that i love is they kept tokyo 2020 you know what i mean like everything yeah. was still advertised 2020 you know like and I guess it, it did, like, open a lot of people's eyes because a lot of people would love to forget, you know, this whole COVID kind of happening and, like, try to draw that yeah. back to 2020, I guess. Like, I like I know that's not what they meant by it. It was probably because yeah, they the already bought it all was and whatnot. Year ever, right? Yeah, so at least it does give a little bit of, um, what's it called, light to that and in a good way, so a bit of positivity yeah. towards it. But, yes. 
Right. I'm and um, another shout out in terms of unsung here and related to the Olympics is just the Australian Olympic team. When you look at our gold medal tally, equal our best ever gold medal tally. Um, and when we actually look at even more importantly, obviously we're all um, biased to some extent, but to pull it back to how much of a small population we are, I saw and I shared on my Instagram earlier that per capita, so per by population per gold medal, yep. we won one gold medal for every 1.53 million people in this country. And it's the best in the world yep. compared to we were top of the list. Netherlands was second, which was 1.7 because they had 10 um, gold medals. Uh, Great Britain was 3.05. And then you look at the giant countries like your USA and your China and your Russia, they're 8.5 million for their 39 medals. Like they had the most, the USA, but they also have a lot of people. And even China, 37.9 million people per gold medal wow. uh, won at the Olympics. Like you go, yeah, they do well. But then you go, look at the pool of people they're choosing from essentially. Never. It is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they breed like rabbits, mate. All of them. <laughs> the USA, the Americans, the, the Chinese. It's a crazy. So your unsung hero, mate. <laughs> uh, my unsung hero. I've had to go. I've got two. Um, Peter Wright, seven goals. Uh, I know we did touch on him earlier, but wow, what a game by him. Um, he doesn't get the, what? you know... Applauded. Um, yeah, exactly. He doesn't get the applause that... And what is it? His third club? Yeah, now? I think it's his that? third club now. But yeah, he was, was Gold, Gold Coast, Gold and then before that he was... Was it Dogs or somewhere else? I don't um, think he was recruited by Gold Coast, though. Yeah, me either. I feel like he played yeah. somewhere. Anyways, two-meter Peter. Seven, yep. seven in the, seven in the uh, old uh, footy bag, and uh, yeah, good on him. So he's my first one. And then the second one, I think this goes without saying, the Boomers finally getting the medal. Unfortunately, we went down to Incredible. USA, but so good to see us actually finally get a medal and just to see how excited all the players were and Paddy Mills, the emotion he had, and, 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 and Joe Ingles. Like you, you look at like the more so the yeah. elder, uh, the the veterans of like the Australian yeah. team, and then yeah. obviously Bogut misses out on that because you know through the hurt. And yeah, the exactly, and pass. exactly, yeah. and. We finally got there, and unfortunately, I still think we had like the toughest pool, and then we had to go through America. So I kind of actually thought we probably in in uh, my own opinion, I still think we probably would have came second in a sense. I feel like we could have gotten into that gold medal game against America and probably lost it. Um, but yeah, so not all, the way all, the cookie crumbles. All, yeah, not the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. But um, I think we did such a good job, and just to see the celebration after it and whatnot, it was just it was awesome to see. So I'm proud Australian, like everyone uh, who's probably listening, to be honest. And uh, no, it was just it was such a great moment in um, sporting history, to be honest. Yeah, um, and to add on to that, Andrew Gaze's reaction to it as oh, well mate. was incredible because he's one of the foundation members and. Arguably, he's done the most for the sport in the country. Yep. Um, so what his toil and what he's battled through and mm. to see how much it meant to him as well and for the players now to understand that and to carry it and to use it as inspiration and knowing mm. that's where I think history plays such an important part in all ways of life, just not shying away from the hurt and the pain of the past to look forward to a better future to some yeah. extent so even oh, like take got... it back to the racism route like to not forget this what's happened now and what hurt so that we can move to a brighter future exactly mm -hmm. and, and you look at it like i mean i want to draw 
on this obviously through the potty, but we've got some serious talent coming through also for this sport. So yeah. I think we're going to be there around there for a couple of years now, which is good. So uh, absolutely. Even, uh, Brisbane 30, 2032, bring yeah, that on. Yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. So I look forward to that. And then obviously you got the Commonwealth Games coming up soon. So that will be, year, yeah, actually. yeah, that'll be great to see our boys go again. Um, and then obviously, so so we've got a very good chance in those ones. Do we win the last gold medal at the Commonwealth Games um, for basketball? Surely. I can't remember. Who, who else are even contenders there? Oh, I can't Britain? remember. Do they even play basketball? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're all worried about sports they create that they can't play. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to exactly. come home. So. Exactly. So um, that's my unsung heroes. And then my yeah. dickheads of the week, which yeah. we've obviously also touched on. I think it has to be the MRO um, and the tribunal. Um, like we said, I think it comes down to the intention a bit more than the end result in some things. Obviously, like if someone gets like really badly injured, like you've got to kind of cop something. But I think um, the intention is mainly what I look at in these scenarios. And I think they just need to do, like you said, uh, like redo the whole system. You know, I think I think yeah. it, re- it really... Refresh. Yeah, it needs a real big refresh and just... Mate, that's probably why Steve Hawking left early, mate. He saw how much shit they had to be fixed. And he was just like, I can take a cruisy job down in my hometown, beachside, get with the premiers of 2021 and cruise on (laughs) off into the sunset. That's it. So he's taking the bag and gone. Yep. How about your dickhead, mate? Oh, my dickhead. All right. Well, I've had a few questions and stuff being brought up about this particular person to me during the week. Um, I'd say viewer request have demanded that um, this person be reprimanded and brought to the public's attention. And, we, and I have given it, and I think we have all given it a bit of airtime throughout the week, but it undoubtedly has to be dimmer. Yeah, that bloke's just got to bloody pull his head in. Yeah. Just his comments for those that have missed it this week. During the game, rightfully so, the commentators were doing their job, specifically... Jonathan Brown, the triple premiership forward for the Brisbane Lions. There's almost no one better in the game, really, to speak about key forwards and talking fairly about Tom Lynch. Um, he had a very quiet first half of that game. I think he had two touches, something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. And it was just a general com- comment to say he needs to get into the game more. He needs to work his way to halfway in the field and whatnot. And then for dinner post-game, to tear into Jonathan Brown, going, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so easy from the cheap seats up there to say your comment, this and that, and to act, to call him out on just doing his job and trying to add to the commentary where, as a forward, as a key forward himself, talking from his hundreds of games of experience, I just thought that was way out of line. And, and they highlighted on Footy Classified yesterday that this isn't the first time he's done this. He's done it two or three times this year yeah. uh, already, let alone this year, finally, they're not in the finals. So... Um, some extent they're less relevant, and um, and now he can't get away with it as much as he did in the past. Or the board go, oh, as long as he's winning premierships and we're at the top of the ladder and yeah. whatever, we can get away with whatever. But now, now he purely cannot. So yeah, it was definitely the dickhead of the week, That's and it. deservedly so. And uh, when you're up at the top, uh, you can do whatever you want, unfortunately. And uh, now that we're dropping off this year, yeah, it's obviously going to come under more scrutiny. That's it. Not over till it's over, though. But 
That's I it. I think it's that. Is that the final siren I just heard? Or? Yes. <laughs> uh, I actually forgot to put that back in. Um, yes, that's the final siren where we go yeah, to yeah. our predictions. Um, yes. I'll, I'll let you kick your one off first. Oh, my predictions for this week. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to go like one I've kind of alluded to, but um, one of my predictions is that Taylor Walker is not going to play AFL ever again. So that's um, one of the ones I've kind of already alluded to. So, um, yeah, just on the racism route, I hope we'll see him again even more so, not in a footy sense, but to learn from his mistakes and to hear what he's done since then and to front up and everything and help give him even closure to him for him to move on because I'm sure it is a really tough time for him, but he's made his bed now. He's got to lay in it. Yep. And um, the other prediction, I'm going to go on the latter side of things. So, yeah, I think I think we're we're going to have a lot more changes in the ladder. So I don't think we're anywhere near done. Did do a bit of a snakes and ladder thing from the week before. And I think that by the end of round 23, even the end of this next coming round, I think there's going to be a lot more movement um, in the table where we're still going to have that eighth spot is definitely going to move around um, once again, because it is, feels like it's been cursed. I think, yeah, I think anything, uh, well, basically, basically the whole ladder, like in a sense, and, minor premiers aren't sewn in either, so... No, so definitely that's where, yeah, Melbourne are going to... I could see Melbourne, Doggies, Cats. Um, I'm going to say six out of the top eight are going to move again, and we'll see a lot of movement around that eighth spot. So uh, not exactly sure how it's going to happen, but definitely whoever's kind of sitting around that mark. So I could see Richmond winning like I tipped earlier. So GWS moving down, Richmond moving back up, Essendon moving, hopefully West Coast drop their game and they drop down and yeah i think there's going to be a lot of movement there yep uh beautiful call uh my predictions uh uh actually sorry i need to look back at the fixture a second i had my prediction sorry oh yes sorry covid scramble i reckon uh with unfortunately what's happening in victoria at the moment again i feel like there might be a very late scramble um and i feel the other week yes and i feel like a lot of and obviously no um Fixtures have been kind of like released for this week um, anyways, other than the the derby for the West Coast Fremantle game. I feel like late in the week, it might get called to be moved. So I've, uh, all Victorian games. So that's, really? That, that's my Even the ones in Geelong, how regional are out? Cats are meant to play the Saints. Maybe, man for may, them may, out, maybe but... they maybe they won't, but I I don't feel like, I feel like this outbreak is going to be a lot worse than our recent lockdown five mm, point. Fingers crossed that we don't. I'm actually well, I'm actually meant to go to Darwin next week. I don't think it's going to happen at this <laughs> stage. So I really hope you're wrong in that uh, sense. Yeah, well, I'm getting uh, I was getting floorboards installed on Monday, and that's gone now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that compares that's to essential. Darwin, but that's that's essential, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my prediction for the uh the round all right well let's wrap this thing up it's been an awesome episode good to be back once again apologies for the week before we, we even had a really good skit that we we're gonna think about bringing back wow yeah it's a little late now well we might and bring it back next run. week who, who knows see, see how <laughs> we'll the go run. before the end of the year i'm sure we can because it is Hawthorne related so definitely stay tuned for that yep. but thanks so much hayden for your time tonight it's been an absolute pleasure to talk a bit of shit Thank with you. you about the footy and um bring on the finals yeah, we can't wait to see where it all lands and can't yeah. wait to be back here 
next week. Hopefully, Big Tone will join us again. Yep. And can't wait, can't, again. can't wait to be on Twitch, mate. You know, like yes, for us I to do some live that. shows. Yeah. Well, reminder, quick reminder. I've had actually a couple of mates that I wasn't aware of listening to the pod. So good shout out to them, Jono, and others saying that they want to tune in. They can't wait to throw a few live questions at us. Oh, and good. Um, once again, I'm more of a reminder just to try and engage and throw a few questions out this way. Uh, thanks, Corey, as well, because he yep. did uh, throw them my way this week. But, um, yeah, it'll Beautiful. be good. All right. No worries. Well, that's us from AFL Holics, uh, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. You can find these three idiots on their socials, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, under AFLaholics. Kiss your dad on the lips for me, and we will see you in the next one.